Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how you doing? Hear that? That is the taste (laughs) and sound of success. I've also got um, Coca-Cola all over my laptop. That's good, isn't it? Hello, how you doing? Abroad Japan podcast. (laughs) We're recording this on the day. We never record this on the day. We could talk about things that are happening in the world like right now. What's happening in the world right now, though, apart from you and your Coke? Anything fun? Uh, COVID UK Christmas rules unlikely to change. Uh, Anti-doc. Gunpu uh, signs richest deal in NBA history. How much is this guy going for? He has signed a deal for $170 million. $170.1 million or $228.2 million. Uh, the richest in NBA history. That's a lot of money, isn't it? Five years. Five it's years. The MVP, lot. 26. Wow. Wow. It's times like this. <laughs> I wish I was in the NBA and not in the world of YouTube. I felt very poor this week, to be honest, Pete. I... Uh, Oh. I just got back from Tokyo, and uh, mm. in Tokyo, I went and had a look around a $25,000 a month house, uh, yes. apartment, penthouse thing, and mm. I don't, why could, Why do people have places like that? I live in a shoebox, which I don't mind, but you go around somewhere like that and you think, really, is this, what, why is this a thing? Yeah, you see it? I mean, I, I did watch it, and, and you know what? I don't think they're worth the cash, you know. I mean, I, I know mm. the location is is important, and this time around, I think you saw a house that you could buy. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, uh, you, mm. you could buy it, but typically you rent it yeah. for twenty five right. grand. Well, and... well, well. The I think the, the, the situation is that that when you actually go in these places, they're absolutely massive, obviously bigger than any, and the shoe closet is bigger than everywhere. I'm kind of maybe conflating your video with Charlotte because I think Charlotte also went on a second romp around a, yeah. a, a big, massive building as well. Um, and I very much enjoyed Charlotte um, getting a lot of pelters for being unable to pet a dog properly. <laughs> that was enjoyable. That was fun. So, so your friend was teaching Charlotte how to pet a dog properly. But um, yeah, you, you tootling around the, the, the houses. They just look really big and really spacious. And because there's no like mm. furnishings in, it just seems a little um, like Rubbish. functionality short. Like it's just an empty room and there's no like 
you know, the, 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 I said before on, on the last time you did one of these uh, videos, mm. like the air conditioning units are exactly the same as every other air conditioning unit I've used in, in Japan. They always look very, very similar. And and so, like, the actual amenities, like the, the bath didn't look that deep. The bath didn't look that big uh, for a for a, for a 18 grand, 20 grand a month uh, hot tub sort of experience. I'd be wanting a little more. And and I don't know. I, I just think that there's, there's no character to these places. They're quite minimalistic, I suppose, even if they are designed by celebrated architects. I think if it was packed full of stuff, it might look better. But look, mm. the reason I go around these places isn't to make everyone feel poor and depressed. Um, a lot of the comments are like, why do you keep showing us these places, Chris? The reason I show them is because, I don't know, I, I want to make people feel better about themselves. And also, it's just yeah. a very easy video to make. That might have something to do with it as well. But like, <laughs> I know, I go around it and I think, well, this is a lot of money. And the view is nice. There was a jacuzzi on the rooftop and that was kind of cool. But like, really, you just think, mm. eh. I don't need this. I don't, and I wouldn't want to live in Shibuya anyway. I know you probably would, Mr. Shibuya himself. Yeah. You'd love it. Mr. But, Mr. Basketball Adori. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Basketball. But like, yeah, I don't know. I it's 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 weird, it's depressing, but go and check it out on Abroad in Japan if you haven't seen it yet, guys. Yeah. Um but I'm actually just back from Kyoto where I've been for a week filming another video about another uh, real estate kind of property that's much more interesting i think we uh, went to some townhouses that have been like renovated and that was a much more mm. fulfilling endeavor than feeling like right. a peasant um, but just being in kyoto the last uh week has been quite a magical experience because kyoto uh, i often slate it on here because it's just so crowded but when you take the crowds away which you never thought was going to happen uh like a year ago you could never have imagined that it's really quite bloody good and i saw four foreigners in the six days i was there uh, of which three of them knew who I was, and I had to take photos, which was cool. But like, like nobody, like, it was just empty. It was amazing, and mm. I think if you get if you can get to Japan, like when they reopen the doors and whatnot next year, sometime hopefully around June, uh, at at the start invariably it's not going to be that busy, right? So try and get on the first flight, and you can still enjoy Kyoto. I reckon <laughs> while it's relatively empty. So first flight, Pete, you got to be on that British <laughs> Airways flight, first class, uh. sipping your coke. Make it happen. Yeah, okay. Right, I'll do it. <laughs> I've sort of got to go, oh, right, when's it, when's it happening? When's it happening? When's it... Can you imagine the first flight in <laughs> from everywhere know, in the right. world straight into Japan? It will be an absolute shit show. It may be quiet in Kyoto, but my God, it'll be horrible at the airport. <laughs> it certainly will. I also, uh, on the train up from Kyoto, it's really because Japan's weather's weird. Like in Kyoto, blue skies, brilliant, magical. 30 minutes later, the bullet train was going through uh, Shiga Prefecture. There's loads of mountains and it was like two metres of snow and it's like a blizzard. <laughs> and then 10 minutes after that, it's sunny again because it's Nagoya and it's a blue sky. Uh, and it's just like, what's going on with this country? Why is it so weird with the weather? But I did go past the Sony headquarters and it was a bit bittersweet. All right. I, I want a PlayStation 5. I don't think I just can't find one unless you pay some shady individual extortionate sums of money. Um, have you got hold of one yet? Mm. I've not. No, um, I bought an Xbox, the little baby Xbox that looks like a little radio. Um, I baby bought that Xbox. for a friend, um, but uh, I, I didn't pick one up myself. To be, to be honest, I've been because um, I upgraded my graphics card last year. I'm, I'm now a PC master race gamer, and uh, <laughs> the um, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm playing. Uh, I'm playing a bit of uh, cyberpunk. I mean, oh. people have been talking about the, uh, the the old cyberpunk and how um, fraught it is with um, technical mm. glitches and, and all kinds of nonsense. 
I would posit that that is probably the case. <laughs> so I've experienced a lot of weird stuff, just falling oh, really? through the floor, things just ticking oh. about. My fa- my favourite uh, glitch, though, that has been publicised is um, sometimes uh, in the character select screen, whether you're wearing clothes or not, mm. you can see the character's penis, <laughs> which is just... <laughs> and it wiggles around. Very enjoyable indeed. That is... That is very Pete Donaldson humour right there. That's not a glitch. That's just the Pete Donaldson version. Bloody I hacked hell. it. <laughs> I mean, I, so I've got Cyberpunk on uh, PlayStation 4 waiting for me at my apartment. I don't know if I told right. you, but CD Projekt Red, uh, some of the team watched Raw in Japan, so they sent me like a collector's edition to play. Oh, um, why didn't you get it? Not, why were you not, why were you not why, kind of uh, in the game? Because if, if, if they listen, why, why? I'm not that good. Why are they not? I don't like me that well, much. Why not? <laughs> bloody Elon Musk and Elon Musk and uh, Hideo Kojima, they they all got in, I believe, in the game. I don't think I'm uh, I'm, I'm quite on the same level as them yet, Pete. Uh, and you look Hideo a little Kojima. bit like you look a little bit like Elon Musk. So we'll just it's pretend the that the NPC that looks that everyone is saying is Elon Musk, <laughs> uh, the, the 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 boy of the the internet boy, the 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 rich boy of the internet. Uh, that's the actually you, boy. The internet I'll boy. Have that. I reckon it's you, Chris. I reckon they've put you I'll in anywhere. That. I love that. <laughs> but that is why I want the PlayStation 5, because apparently it runs better on PlayStation 5 than PlayStation 4, uh, where it's not yeah. at all playable. But I feel a bit bad for CD Projekt Red. Clearly, they flew a bit too close to the sun in terms of ambition. Like The game looks incredible. The world's so rich, dense, detailed. But clearly, to do something of that scale, it, it just can't possibly run on something like a PlayStation 4. It needs powerful computer and i think they probably needed another you know six months by the sounds of things to finish the game but there was a lot of pressure this year Mm. postponing it over and over and i imagine covid meant they couldn't work together as a team i don't know i don't want to defend them too much but i feel sorry for them and i think it sounds like um it sounds very much like they uh concentrated on the pc and next gen uh versions of it or rather what it looked like on a piece on a, on a on an Xbox uh, Pro and, mm. a, and a PS4 Pro. I, I forget what the Xbox Pro version is called, but um, is it Xbox One X? I can't remember. But whatever, whatever the current gen uh, or last gen premium versions of that console is. So if you've got a PC P- PS4 Pro, um, I reckon it'll look uh, it'll still look pretty good, Chris. So you might be all right. Oh, really? I have to try and get hold of one because I ain't getting a PlayStation Five. It's quite annoying though. Going part, I was about a hundred meters from Sony's global headquarters on the bullet train. I just thought, could I just go in and just ask someone? Would they, would they give me a PlayStation Five? The answer would have make course, a video be no. about it. Make yeah, a video about make... it, mate. <laughs> what could I possibly do? Just you like, standing ranting. outside Sony demanding a PS Five. <laughs> <laughs> give it to me. Uh, but on the subject of Kyoto, this week's uh, story of the week kicks off with a, a rather unpleasant tale from Kyoto. Um, I don't. I think it's. I I read some of this and I thought, is this too crude to go on the Abroad in Japan podcast? Uh, the answer was yes, well, but I'm going to read it out anyway. <laughs> well, um, bearing in mind, Chris, bearing in mind, Chris <laughs> sent me an email about a man who had gone to China and had this delicious meal, this this, this kind of delicacy where they put the meat back inside one of the stomachs of the cow that has half digested grass in it. And so it tastes absolutely awful or or certainly very interesting anyway. Um, And Chris said that was too much for the podcast, but this, this isn't isn't too much. Is it right? Okay. 
<laughs> in hindsight, this is possibly worse, but it begins. Mm. Uh, hi, Chris and Pete. As a bona fide Japanophile myself, gradually working through the Abroad Japan back catalogue whilst confined to the UK over the last few months has offered me some much-needed escapism. I've been lucky enough to visit Japan three times in the last few years, and each time has produced truly amazing experiences, but this one has to be the most embarrassing. I was travelling in Kyoto for work, and as you can imagine, truly maximising the expense account. Uh, acquainting myself with only the finest izakaya pubs and karaoke bars in my downtime. Anyway, skip to Saturday morning and I wake up to my hotel room door being hammered by a colleague after what I can only imagine was less than two hours sleep with an absolute thunder, thunder bastard of a hangover. I like that word, thunder bastard. Uh, I was very, very late for my train. Our colleagues had very kindly offered us offered to guide us around the city for the day. So I pulled on last night's clothes, splashed on some aftershave and headed out. Hoping for the best, I got to the train station, clutching a bottle of Picari sweat, and my worst nightmare was realised. The station was packed. It was just a sea of hurried Japanese people heading out early on a Saturday morning. Uh, We found our train and tried to squeeze on. We got on, and I'm not tall by Western standards at about six foot, uh, and I stood significantly above the other riders that day, and that only exacerbates the horror about to befall the carriage. (laughs) God, as soon as the doors closed, I knew there was a situation to handle. I was starting to sweat, and I could feel the blood draining towards my feet. I was going to be sick. Uh, Using fighter pilot level clenching and self-control, I made it to the first stop, and the cool air from the station was some respite. But the fact that literally no one got off the train uh, and what looked like an entire baseball squad got on, sealed the deal. The doors closed and the train set off, and that was it. My train was, le- my train was literally leaving the station. I threw up, and I threw up hard. Uh, now, I don't know who designed the surgical mask, but they're constructed in such a way to provide perfect vomit blowback. Odd. So a stream covered my feet and those of the passengers in front of me. Oh, Christ. Uh, but, uh, but two, what can only be described as jets, splattered those behind me in a horrific shower of last night's sake and kirin. Uh, I, oh, God. I escaped the, destru- the destruction left behind at the next stop and hastily returned to my hotel, went back to bed and waited for the embarrassment to die down. Needless to say, I probably owe a few local Kyoto travellers an apology and a shoe shine. Anyway, keep up the work, and uh, I wonder if you've had any ultra-embarrassing Japanese public transport stories. All the best, Tom from the UK. Of course he's from the UK. The guy who was yes. sick over 20 Japanese people on a train. What do you make of that? That's, that is um, messed up. It's a little strong, isn't it? It's a little bit strong. Big old big old puke party. Um, never mind. <laughs> Thank God he had the mask. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, look, I uh, whenever I drink heavily like that, there is no way I'm leaving a property after two hours sleep. I'm going to get at least four, at least five, um, and I'm going to pay a ridiculous amount of money for a late checkout. So I'll be going into like one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon. It, I, it's, it's, if I am after a night out, if I'm anywhere inconvenienced that I've got to get up at like 10 a.m., it's just not happening. I'd rather not drink, to be quite frank. And I'm a man who will drink it at the drop of anyone's hat. Uh, but no, in, in this situation, I would not have been getting drunk. If there was any chance that uh, I was only going to get two hours sleep and I was going to get my uh, colleague sort of waking me up. Actually, um, 
Speaking of uh, Izakayas, by the way, mm. I watch a TV show called um, The Property Brothers Buying and Selling. It's a home kind of report, not report, home kind of like redo, doing up show sort of thing where they, yeah. they do someone's house up. They, they are two brothers who are obsessed, obsessed with the idea of a splashback, obsessed. <laughs> a splashback behind your sink. Apparently, that's an important thing in America. Um, there's not a single half an hour show that goes by or hour long show that goes by without the Property Brothers talking about or installing a brand new splashback. It's incredibly important to, to Americans. I've no idea why. Maybe some Americans can get in touch. Why splashbacks are so important. Why the wall behind your sink has to be protected at all costs. I don't know. Um, but they had a woman on a couple of days ago um, mm. with a partner. And she, I swear... <laughs> I swear, no one ever lie. Her name was Izakiah. Wonderful. What? Her yeah, name, name was, was Izakiah. Yeah, her name was Izakiah. It was amazing. That's a great name. <laughs> it was fantastic. Oh, it's no. I am in. I am in. <laughs> Count me in. Izakiah. Yeah, fantastic. Izakiah. Wonderful. I've lived here eight years, and I don't think I've ever met anybody called Izakiah. Um, no. But if I was going to have a son, that is exactly what they would be mm. called. Uh, Izakai yeah, Broad. I'm having, I'm having it. What? Going back to this Tom being sick all yeah, over sorry. the train story, what I don't understand is why didn't he get off at the first station when there was like a nice breeze? Why didn't you think, oh dear? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. You make silly mistakes. You think you're going to, you, you think you're going to be fine. Um, yeah. I've seen a few people sort of do a vom and then instead of getting off, the doors are just closing and you're like, oh no, I've had a stinker here, haven't I? I've had an absolute stinker. But like, I'd like to think that anyone who's been through Shibuya of one o'clock in the morning <laughs> would understand mm. that it's not. This isn't a uh, an English, you know, lads abroad, lads abroad kind of uh, Brits abroad kind of experience because people are sick constantly. People are passed out on the street constantly. It's true. It's like a <laughs> wasteland, isn't it? It's like no man's land of like littered bodies scattered around <laughs> in puddles of sick. It's pretty grim. Pretty grim. Barbed wire everywhere. <laughs> it's horrible, but uh, well done, Tom. You've uh, you did the British people proud. There, it's always British people in Japan. I remember I was at a hub once in uh, Shinjuku. There was a guy, just a British guy, getting drunk and just jumping up and down on a chair. Uh, and all the Japanese staff are like, "Let's just let him do that because we don't know what to do." And they just carried on jumping up and down. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, hub in it. Typical hub. Typical hug. Hug. Patrons. Hug hub. Um, yeah, it's Pete Donaldson territory through and through. Um, this year, so news of the week. Unfortunately, the old Sapporo Snow Festival's cancelled for the first time ever. It's been going for, I think, since 1950, and they've uh, they've cancelled it this year because of COVID, sadly. Which is very lucky that we uh, we were able to go in the first place back in uh, February, uh, mm. when it was already 700,000 people short of the usual numbers. I think typically they have like 2.7 million, but uh, when we went, there was only 2 million. Even though it felt ridiculously crowded, did it not? Um, mm. it was pretty I can't busy. imagine what it would be like if there was more, there were more people there. But like, I guess oh, yeah, right. it was all kind of kicking off at around about the same time of the Sapporo Snow Festival. So we've we've kind of lost, yeah, an entire year, haven't we, I suppose, with, with stuff like that. So yeah, uh, despite um, Japan's incredible... Uh, figures i guess i don't know maybe it's a really expensive sort of um money sink and maybe the the um maybe the, it's it's just a bad idea to organize anything festival wise at the moment yeah well it typically generates like 600 million dollars of revenue so it's a big deal but more than that it's like a symbol it's like the symbol of sapporo isn't it but uh i think what are they going to do instead of what they're going to do um what what are the um ice sculpture people going to 
sculpted That's from instead. Question. Are they going to use mud in the, in the summertime? Sand? Are they going to be at the <laughs> seaside doing all the sand uh, sculptures? The sand dogs? Sand dogs. <laughs> Put them to good use. I mean, the Sapporo Snow Festival. The sculptures are typically carved by members of the old, uh, the the like the Japanese military, the self defence force, right? So I guess it's just going to be business as usual for them, sitting in a barracks. I think the Sapporo Snow Festival is probably like the fun bit of being in the self defence force in Japan. <laughs> Gets to go and carve out a castle or a, uh, a massive building from Poland. I think they had like a Polish embassy or something they did when we were there, right? Do you remember the big cool. Polish looking? Yes, building. I do remember the big, the big building. Yeah, crazy. That was glorious. But no, Scale terrible shame. It. It's just like, uh, what about that little train that that went through the basketball player's mouth? It was a basketball player who, um, oh, yeah. was it basketball or baseball? Maybe baseball, basketball. Uh, but he had he was this big guy with a big afro, mm. and um, it was a massive head. And the train, this little tiny train that this man rode around on, sort of did a little lap through the through the the basketball player's mouth. And um, I think he was like, a, I think he was a ramen, um, he was a basketball player who um, I think sponsored ramen, or rather the ramen sponsored him. Uh, and I think that's why he was involved. I think it was a Nissin um, uh, tie-up. But uh, yeah, where's that, tra- where's that little train going to go? He's just, that guy's just going to be in his garden with his little track going around, <laughs> around his depressing. house. <laughs> I remember, that was really cool, that sculpture. It's in the video, mm. uh, if you want to check it out, folks. Um, mm. But there's a little brief shot of the train going through this massive ice sculpture head. But what, from what I remember, like I really wanted to ride on it. I was like, yes, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Mm. But they weren't allowing people come, to come on because of COVID, I mm. think. So the oh, guy right. who like carved it was running the sculpture or the kind of exhibit, so just himself. rode it around in circles by himself <laughs> over and over. It's pretty great. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> just doing that, going around in circles all day through an ice sculpture head on a little, a little train. Like Wallace and Gromit. It's great, that. Oh, man, that feels like a year, a bloody hundred years ago now, the old old Sapo Snow Festival. But uh, as I sit by my window of my Sendai apartment, it is snowing outside, um, and I still haven't changed to my snow tyres, so I've now got to pay Mm. the price to drive to the garage to get my snow tyres on uh, for me. I'm um, probably going to skid over and just crash now because I left it too late. (laughs) What a dickhead. God's sake! Why am I so stupid? Why didn't I do it last month or any I, any why point can't in the you year? Just, I'm, I'm confused. Have you not got like a wrench and a, and a, and a jack? Because you not just put your own put your own snow tires on. Do I look like somebody who owns a wrench and a jack, Pete? Do I look you like somebody who's ever you done drive, anything you good? You operate a motor vehicle. Outrageous! <laughs> I don't. If if one of my wheels comes off, I'm stuffed. I don't think I have any equipment in my car to to remedy the situation. Um, I've, I've changed the wheel a few times, and I and I can't even drive. <laughs> That's how bad that That's, is, Chris. That is pretty bad. I uh, yeah, it's pretty grim. But uh, yeah, I'll, if, if if something happens to my car, that's why. Damn snow. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. We now turn our attention to the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Dawson, in the fax machine? Oh, we kick off with a message from Matthias from Belgium. Hello, Matthias. Hello there, Chris and Pete. I'm a teacher from Belgium and a huge fan of your work. Because of your British accent and, your ed- and the educational part, your videos are ideal to test my pupils, their listening skills. Or so I thought. For the listening exam, uh, listening exam, I made them watch your Pachinko video with a bunch of questions. Uh, see attachment if you want. But the reactions were a little bit mixed. Um, <laughs> this is some of the reactions from the uh, from the students. Uh, I would never want to play that machine. It looks dangerously addictive. <laughs> I love all the lights. Um, I can't hear. Oh, hello. I can't hear a thing that fat man says because of all of the balls. Sorry, Chris. Fat what? man. Outrageous. What? His accent is way too difficult to understand. Uh, see, look, nice to see Chris is getting a little, few pellets for his little accent. Uh, I have no idea what I just watched. 
that Japanese guy was weird, but in a funny way. And uh, also, my personal favourite of all our reactions, I left class with ADHD because of this video. Well, you know what they say about children telling the truth. <laughs> uh, he's going to be heading back to... Matthias is going to be heading back to uh, Tokyo. Uh, well, going to be heading back, hopefully, to Japan soon. And it helped a lot. Uh, your videos helped a lot to uh, plan a two-week holiday uh, last year. It was wonderful, and I definitely want to go back, says Matthias. So uh, thank you for that, Matthias. That's a great email. Uh, and sorry, Chris, for uh, calling you a big fatty, fatty boom boom. Cheeky devil. I'm going to come over to Belgium and sort out these kids and shout at them for calling me fat. Uh, although I did like the uh, the summary of Natsuki. That Japanese guy was weird, but in a funny way. I'll take that. Natsuki, <laughs> it's a good summary for Natsuki there. I'm glad, though, of all the videos, you could have shown the children uh, to teach them English, Matthias. You showed them the one that involves gambling. Pachinko. Could have showed them <laughs> something else of more cultural value, but... Uh, I'll take that. I like, I like that. I get a lot of um, messages from people that like have to study abroad in Japan in Japanese class at like university or school, and I just think that's weird. Like, imagine being sat down and having to like watch abroad in Japan in an academic sort of context. Does, is that a yeah, good idea, but, Pete? Is that, is that well? Good? I think listening comprehension. You are quite clear with how you speak. You, you don't mumble. Um, your accent isn't that strong, and it's pretty. I, I would argue it's a pretty good way of uh, of learning English. I would argue. I would say, Matthias, you should listen to Pete Donaldson speak and test your students. If they can hear Pete speak English, then they're pretty set up for life because uh, <laughs> it ain't all that easy sometimes. He's got a lovely voice, no, though. True. Lovely voice. Lovely Cheers, voice mate. indeed. Uh, we've got one from, well, how do you pronounce this name, do you think, Pete? It's spelt J-E-R-N-E-J. Yernick? 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 Yerne, maybe? Oh, I'm not sure. I'll go with Yernick, but <laughs> let us know. Uh, hello, Chris and Pete. Uh, lately, I've been listening to some old podcasts, uh, not going into the office much since everyone is working from home. And I've heard you promised uh, in an episode last year, uh, our Japanese work party is actually fun, that you will have an end of year party next year, meaning in 2020. Have you forgotten about this? Or did you decide not to have a party this year because of coronavirus? Uh uh, best regards, Yernick. And what I'll say to that, Yernick, is uh, we're doing the next best thing. Um, no work party this year, but we are having a KFC Christmas meal. Myself, Natsuki, and Joey the Anime Man. That's going to be almost as good as an end-of-year work party. And it's a shame Pete <laughs> Donaldson can't be there. It's a shame. Lovely. I'd love to give you, well, love to give you some you know. KFC Christmas. Did you did you see that? Um, did you see two things? I've been sent quite a lot of stuff. I'm not sure whether it's because we talk about KFC quite a lot on abroad mm. Japan, or the fact that I am starting to resemble the KFC man, uh, the KFC Colonel. Um, they've got they've done like a lifetime kind of movie. I think it's a lifetime uh, movie about um, like a, like a, a, a romantic drama, a, a romantic drama about uh, the KFC Colonel featuring the KFC Colonel. Uh, and they've put it out like Whoa. a romantic kind of like telenovela uh, about this this new chef who, who moves into a really posh house. It's a little bit kind of Downton Abbey, but in, I think in LA or something. Uh, and yeah, the and it's and it's AC Slater from uh, Say by the Bell. I'm sure you probably don't remember, uh, but he plays the uh, the sexy um, rendition of the Colonel, the KFC Colonel. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh, good God! Are you going to yeah, watch you this check show? Out. Have you been watching it? Was it, it does look good. Like the trailer looks really good. The trailer looks really beautifully put together. So yeah, it's a nice little, uh, nice little treat for Christmas. A KFC Christmas uh, sexy treat. <laughs> sexy. Tre I I feel the Colonel is 
easily the coolest figure in the world of fast food, but I still don't know a great deal about him. I know he's a colonel from Kentucky mm. and he made some spices and he had a hard time selling it. And then he eventually, mm. around, I think around like his 60s or 70s, it all started to take off in his later right. years. But like, I would, I I'd do, love to watch I something don't know. I just always think, man, like old white men from the south i would just i just wouldn't want to sort of peel back those pages to be honest oh, God. <laughs> i'm just saying i'm just saying um the uh what was I gonna say also uh in 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 japan is a bit of japan fast food news um do you see that uh, i think mcdonald's started using a new coating on their uh on their little wax on the wax uh that that that, that um um courts the yeah the i did fries yeah, yeah, packaging yeah. And uh, and it's and it, and it's sort of given given off like a weird sort of perfumey taste uh, that makes the fries taste a little bit different. So people have been complaining, haven't they? Yeah, somebody said that the uh, the fries at McDonald's taste like cosmetics now because of the cardboard. Mm. The fact that the wax and the cardboard has like scented the fries in that way is uh, pretty off putting <laughs> and pretty controversial. Yeah, weird, isn't it? And it's the one week. I think the one week of the year. Well, I haven't had McDonald's at all because I've been in Kyoto and Kyoto is a Burger King. Uh, one of about oh, four Burger Kings in Japan. And uh, Sharla and some of the folks from Tokyo Creative were in Kyoto at the time. And Sharla wanted to make a video on this plant-based burger, this Burger King like plant-based burger made of tofu. And I have to say, as somebody who is pretty vocal about not really being turned on by vegan alternatives it was a good burger and i gave it an eight out mm. of ten which is astonishing uh for a non kind of meat uh like a non-beef burger from kfs from um, burger king it was really good but i don't think we yeah, got that I, in the I, uk I, I, yet right i think i did have did i have a veggie, yeah i had a veggie whopper um i had a uh a plant-based whopper it was really really good in fact i think the um the flame grilled kind of aspect to the whopper uh yeah. really lends itself well it gives it an extra dimension. So, uh, yeah, well done, Burger King. Cracking stuff. They they drenched it in so much kind of mayonnaise and ketchup that it just disguised the fact that it wasn't like a real beef burger. But it was still kind of <laughs> juicy. It's always the juiciness they mess up, isn't it? But uh, they've I done think, it. Yeah. Well done, Burger King. Yeah, definitely. No cosmetic um, fries there. They were good. <laughs> no, no, thank you. People always slag off Burger King fries, but I think they're the best fries. I really do. I don't know what they fry them in, but they just taste a little better than everyone else. Um, you got a message from Noriko. Um, Hi, Chris Beats. I'm Noriko from Japan, and I'm based in Istanbul now. When you talk about Japan, I see myself talking about Turkey. Uh, I've got a question for you, Chris. Do you encounter people with stereotypical images toward Britain, uh, and do they want uh, you to fit into their stereotype? I often face situations uh, that people want me to be a Japanese person, that they already have a certain certain personality and behaviour based on their knowledge from Hollywood films and twisted images of Japan that are created from the local media. How do you react to that kind of situation? Enjoy the podcast as well as the YouTube videos. Chris and Pete, you are the saviours of my madness life in Istanbul. Matinee, uh, hugs, Noriko. Uh, a cracking email from uh, Noriko, there. Do you, do you feel like you have to fit into like a stereotypical image of uh, of being British, Chris, when you're out there? Not really. Like, I don't really know what British people stand for in Japan. Um, I, I think Harry Potter did wonders for the British British economy when it comes to uh, like how Japanese people perceive the UK because they all seem to think it's right. like that. But like, I uh, I I don't know. I'm not really sure. I what I will say is I find. The Japanese view on the UK is often very, is not that great. Um, they're very positive about the UK, but they don't know that much about the UK. But then again, I think if you ask most British people on the streets about Japan, they don't know that much about Japan either, right? Like, oh, it's sushi and ninjas, isn't it? Ninjas mm. and samurai, yeah? 
like it's more than that. There's a bit more going on than that. But um, I've, I mean, I've the stereotype towards British people. I guess it's well known that we're quite sarcastic and cynical. Like I remember whenever I was like sarcastic in front of my yeah dick. Whenever I was just being sick all over a train in it in Kyoto. That's what the <laughs> British people do. They come to Japan and they're sick all over a train. Um, like. I think um, we're well known for being cynical. Like whenever I used to be sarcastic at work, my colleagues would be like, oh, yeah, British humour down there. Like, you know, oh, British right. humour. So I think there's that. But, um, mm. yeah, I think I think more Japanese people should go and visit the UK. Like it's, we have the sort of same problem. Like ask pretty much any British person and they do want to go to Japan, right? But then they don't because it feels so far away and it's lots of – it's expensive and it's not really a holiday. It's more of a cultural experience. Uh, and I think Japanese folks feel the same towards the UK. Um, but I'd love to try and find ways of actually sending more people here and sending more Japanese back to the UK. Foster relationships. Um, what about you, Pete, in your travels around yeah, the Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, whenever I travel, I sort of um, try and fit into uh, the most um, cynical and... Uh, stereotypical version of, of British people possible. I'm like just constantly like, uh, especially in America and stuff, just putting on the strongest accent ever. Because to, to be quite frank, my accent, it's actually quite difficult to understand anyway. So I think I've said it before. Uh, I, I, I slip into this kind of like Southern, easier to hear, easier to understand, um, easy to really? pass, uh, you know, uh, accent. Because just, you just don't get anything done. I do this in London, to be honest. It's, it's hard to order. Anybody from like Eastern Europe can't really past my accent they, they they find it quite difficult if they're if they're not um if they're not across a lot of different accents because you, you don't you don't hear um northern accents northeastern accents mm, anywhere mm. that often um in, in london so you do i do find myself having to uh re you know repeat myself quite a lot which is you know obvi- obviously absolutely fine that's why you come to london because you meet people you wouldn't normally meet and it's just like yeah i bloody love london it's brilliant <laughs> That's good to hear because I find London gets a bad rep. A lot of people don't like it. it does I? I'm like it in small doses. I don't think I can live there though. Phil, well. Tokyo gets my vote. If I had to live in a city, if I had to live in Tokyo or London, I think I'd probably go for Tokyo. But London's better for a two week trip. Mm. Don't know. Debatable, isn't it? Let's face it. But uh, failing that, I've still haven't been to Hartlepool though. Next time I'm over, you'll have to take me on a whirlwind tour of your hotel. No, exactly. <laughs> show, show, show us what's really marina. Right. oh good god mm. uh, i'm sure it's not that bad uh keep the stories <laughs> questions comments coming into a japan podcast at gmail.com we'll be back in the next few days on sunday guys but for now enjoy the rest of the week check out the absurdly depressing but undeniably uh underwhelming twenty five thousand dollar apartment the most expensive apartment in tokyo some would say uh on a broad japan but for now enjoy the next few days And we'll see you on Sunday. Have a good one. This was a Stakhanov production. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.